Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Welcome to Horizon West Church. Uh, Man, you know, having been praying for my family this week, praying for my children and my wife, you know, to join with you and join our voices together and sing Jesus for my family and just remind ourselves that it is Jesus that our world needs. It's Jesus that our families need. It's Jesus that we ourselves need so desperately. I want to welcome you to Horizon West Church. If it is your first time with us, I want to thank you especially for being here. And if it's your first time in a while, in other words, you're kind of coming back to church. Maybe you were away for the holidays. Uh, Maybe you've been away from church for months or years and you're coming back to uh, church. Maybe you're trying to develop a new habit in this new year. I want to thank you for being here and welcome you to Horizon West Church. Uh, Let me give a quick update from our Christmas Eve service. I'm so thrilled to share with you a report that at the conclusion of our Christmas Eve service when uh, the gospel was presented and an invitation was given, uh, we saw probably 15 or 20 cell phone lights go off indicating a response. Um, But of those, we were able to connect with and follow up with six individuals who gave their lives to Jesus and have begun the process of discipleship. And I want to celebrate together what God did there. God is on the move in Horizon West. Today I I have the privilege of sharing my my word for the year. Now for those who haven't been with us for a while, I need to let you know that this moment in the calendar year always comes with some fear and trepidation for the members of Horizon West Church. Ever since January of 2020, when I announced that my word for that year was disrupt. But I don't believe I have the gift of prophecy. I know some do. That is not one that I have. Um, It just happened that that was uh, what took place in 2020. I'm not yet going to tell you what word for the year is, but I am going to tell you it is not that. So everybody rest easy. If you have lived in the Horizon West area or in West Orange County for more than, let's say, a week, you know something unique about our area. It is a community under construction. Everywhere in Horizon West, everywhere in East Lake and West Orange County that you go, you see things being built. You see storefronts and restaurants and hospitals and schools and houses and houses and houses. And <laughs> it's, it's the DNA of where we live. It is a community under construction. And what an awesome opportunity it is to be here for such a time as this. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have lived in our nation's capital when things like the Washington Monument and the White House and the Capitol Building were being built? How remarkable. Or or to be in New York City in the late 1800s as the first skyscrapers were rising up from the earth toward the sky. Or some of you were in Orlando in the 1970s as this city, this community was built into one of the great nations of the world, one of the most traveled destinations on the planet. There's something exciting about being in a place that is being built. I would ask this question, I want a show of hands, this is going to be participation. How many of you gave or received Lego bricks for Christmas? Gave or received? Keep your hands up for a second. 
Yeah, that's free marketing for a company that does not need it. But that was our family as well. And so many of you, like our family, you've been seeing your children or your husbands building Lego sets in the few weeks since Christmas. And if you've managed to avoid stepping on one, that's been a really pleasant experience. My kids consistently, all three of them, are on the floor with Legos building. Not only that, I I received a, a special gift for Christmas. I have a very, very short Christmas list. And so one of the items I got twice, and that was a new drill gun, which I'll use about twice a year, but I did need it for those occasions. And so... I now have three drill guns, and the one that I had previously was not even strong enough to hang up curtains in my kids' bedrooms, and so I called my six-year-old son into the room. I said, Jonah, I have something for you. I'm giving you your own drill gun. And he, it was like this, like, oh, it was like the moment, you know, like, that my dad gave me my own drill set. And and he said, he said, can we build something right now? I said, well, not right now, you know, but we will. There's something in the human DNA that wants to be a part of creating, constructing, building, almost like we're made in the image of one who is a creator and a builder. This is, I believe, the reason that so many of us are eager to participate in the soon coming building of of a new campus for Horizon West Church. And for those who are newer to us, I'll just fill in the blanks for you. This past October, we were able to purchase more than 12 acres off Showfield Road, right in the heart of Horizon West, purchased with cash the future home of Horizon West Church. And we anticipate in the coming months to begin the processes of of moving in that direction. And, And I will give you those updates, but that's not what today is. Today, I want to ask a little bit of a different question. Today and throughout this year, I want to ask this question. What is God building already here and now in and through the people of Horizon West Church. Somebody asked me recently, they said, so pastor, when are you going to build your church? Well, two things. One, it's not my church. (laughs) But two, we've already been building. We started building in 2018 when, when individuals and couples and families began to meet every few months on a Sunday evening for potlucks and worship and prayer as we anticipated the the first Sunday that we were going to have and which came on September 30th of 2018. And I say that because the truth is that the church is the people that gather, it's not the place where we gather. That's always been true. In fact, look at two verses and, and then in your mind I want you to go, could it possibly mean buildings? Acts chapter 16 verse 5 says this, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. Buildings can't be strengthened in the faith. That's not what the writer is talking about. Or what about this one? Give my greeting to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. Now some of us concrete thinkers, we're picturing a church building in a house. That's not what Paul is saying. He's saying the church is the people and not the place. And the reality this morning and throughout the coming years is that it doesn't matter where the place is that we meet if the people who are Horizon West Church are not the kind of people through whom God can do a great work of seeing the kingdom come in our area. It is the people that matter. And so my word for 2023, and some of you may have already guessed it, my word for the year is build. 
I want to look together at Ephesians chapter 2. This will serve as kind of our text for the morning, our our passage for the morning, and I want to draw some principles out of it. But let me read Ephesians chapter 2, beginning at verse 19. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. He says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built, there's our word, built, on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself, the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by his Spirit. Now what Paul's going to do in this passage is use three terms that are interchangeable. Household of God, structure, holy temple. All three of these mean the same thing. They simply mean the church. The the, the gathered body of Christ, followers of Jesus, believers who come together to worship him. And we learn from the passage that the aim of the church, this gathering of believers, is to become a dwelling place for God himself. Now that's remarkable. Paul says when when the church gathers in worship, we're to be a dwelling, a a residence, if you will, for God himself. So what I want to do this morning is I want to offer for us a blueprint for building that kind of church. I I want to offer for us a, a blueprint for a church in which God can freely and fully inhabit us. And we're going to look at four commitments for the year and beyond. The first is this. First blueprint for building, first commitment is that we will be a church that submits to the authority of Christ. I want you to for a minute consider the role of Jesus as it relates to the the building of the church. Matthew chapter 16 verses 15 to 18 say this. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is Jesus speaking because Jesus is the builder of the church. We don't maybe often think of him in those terms, but by that I mean to say that that he is the the architect, he's the one who designs, oversees, executes, and initiates the growth of the church. That is the work of Jesus himself. He is the builder. Last year our our team went to uh, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and we met with the staff of 12 Stone Church, a thriving church in that community. And one of their pastors, Dan Vanderwall, was speaking uh, with our, our Horizon West Church staff. And he said this to us, and this, this line has stuck with us. Many of us have used it over and over again in the year and a half since that time. He said, while we are sleeping, Jesus is building his church. So, so any, uh, any ideas that we might have that our creativity, our ingenuity, our expertise, our ability is the deciding factor. No, no, no. Jesus said he's going to build his church. So he is the one to do it. This means, friends, that we don't have to be anxious, but we do need to be active. Because Jesus is building his church in and through us, through you and through me. So, so there's no call for anxiety. We're not the builder, but we get to show up at the work site and say, Jesus, what would you have me to do? And he builds his church through us. Not only that, but he is also the cornerstone of the church. That's what we just sang about a moment ago. The cornerstone is the, is the first stone laid to which all additional materials are aligned. This is what Peter said in Acts chapter 4 verse 11. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. 
Peter is calling from the prophet Isaiah who predicted that the stone the builders rejected would become the cornerstone. And Peter, with uh, incredible precision of language, says to the religious leaders who crucified Jesus, you have fulfilled Isaiah. You rejected Jesus, and yet he is the cornerstone upon which God is building the foundation of the kingdom of God on planet earth. He is the cornerstone. And so we need to guard against lesser cornerstones. Now every church is going to say, oh yeah, Jesus is the cornerstone of our church. But the truth is that that is not true of every church. Because for many churches, and I'm going to put ourselves on this as well, we're not immune to the same dangers. We could build our cornerstone on the incredible music experience that we have week in and week out. And it is incredible. But it's not the cornerstone. Some churches build cornerstones on the style of preaching or the personality of the lead pastor. That is not the cornerstone of this church. The the cornerstone isn't the, the events or the programs or the ministries. It's not specific doctrinal beliefs like election or tongues or the end times. All of those things matter and we'll have all those conversations. But they're not the cornerstone. There is only one cornerstone for Horizon West Church and that is Jesus himself. Jesus as the cornerstone means that we will seek to align all of our teaching, our programs, and our ministries to the words, the works, and the ways of Jesus himself. We won't settle for less than that. Practically speaking, what that means for us in the new year as we've talked with staff and key leaders of this church is we want to place an even greater emphasis on worship and prayer as the driving force of this church as it grows. We don't want those to be secondary things or, or other things among what we do. We want prayer and worship to be the driving force behind what we do. Examples of this, Socrates also met, already mentioned last Sunday doing our blessing service. That was an emphasis to go, hey, let's start the new year on the first morning of the first day of 2023 by praying and seeking God's blessing over our people. This night of worship and other initiatives that we're talking about are are, are reminding ourselves, if Jesus is the cornerstone, then let's build on him. And so we're examining those ways together in the new year. Jesus is our good authority, our gracious leader, and he's the one we submit to. Number two, we're going to be a church that sees the big picture. Earlier this week, one of our members, Susan, sent me uh, this picture Uh, This is from an airplane flying over Horizon West, and somewhere down there is the 12 acres of property that that we have purchased. And she said, isn't this so cool? I'm like, you know, 30,000 feet up, and I'm I'm able to see the property. I'm able to see, you know, your home and the neighborhoods, and this is Horizon West. And, you know, there's something about seeing from that view, there's something about seeing the big picture that helps our minds understand what's really going on. It can help us to make connections we wouldn't otherwise connect. Oh, that road goes to that road, and I didn't realize that lake was that close to this other lake, and we see better when we look at the big picture. Same thing is true when you're doing a puzzle. It's the reason you set the box up on the table and you look at it from time to time. Or when you're cooking, those of you that cook using recipes like I do, you know, you, you, follow, the, you, you, you follow the recipe, but you also keep the picture in front of you. This is what I'm trying to create or make. And the story of God's kingdom invading the world is far bigger than what happens only at Horizon West Church on Sunday mornings. This is how Paul said it in the passage of Ephesians 2. 
He said it is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And what Paul's saying in that is we're building on a foundation that has already been laid. Therefore, we don't get the opportunity to deviate from the practices and teachings of the apostles and prophets. Like we don't get to create a, a, new, a, a new thing that we want to do that's different or, or that's not in alignment with what the apostles and prophets themselves established in Scripture. Let me give you two metaphors for this. One is a relay race. The fact is you can run a lot faster in a regular race than you can in a relay race because you don't have to wait for anybody to hand you a baton. You can get there faster, but if you're in a relay race, you can't win the race unless you take the time to receive the baton from someone else and hand it off to someone else. The church and the generations of the church are a relay race. They are not a 40-yard dash. We have received something the truth of the gospel from the prophets and apostles in the word of God, and that's what we have to carry and pass on to the next generation. That's why I'm so excited for a discipleship class that's in the works later this month or early February that's going to be for our children to learn more about following Jesus. Many of those who responded at Christmas Eve were children, and they're receiving Bibles, and they're beginning their walk with God. That's important to us. Because we receive the gospel from the apostles and prophets and we hand off to others. Here's another metaphor. Hundreds of years ago, British, French, and Spanish explorers went all over the world, arriving at new lands and planting their flags in the earth. The problem was, they weren't new lands. They were lands that were already inhabited. And because they didn't understand that or didn't care about that, They planted their own flag and eroded and eradicated the cultures that existed before. Now you say, we would never be guilty of planting our own Christian flag in this new century, would we? And the truth is, many are. Hey, here's a new idea that we're going to run with. Here's a new theology that we're going to play around with. And, And the truth is, we've got it from Scripture. It's not new. And so whereas our culture values, you know, uh, uh, new ideas and, and, and uh, being innovative and all these things, the fact of the matter is Christianity is not about being innovative. It's about imitating Jesus, the apostles, the prophets, doing what has always been done for hundreds of years in the name of Jesus. Now, we're going to find new ways to do that. We're going to find new ways to get the gospel to others, but we're not going to invent new ways of teaching or practicing And so, Paul goes even further in Ephesians 2. It's not just the fact that we have multiple generations that have come before and are coming after. But in writing to the church of primarily Greek believers, he says of them in reference to their new relationship with the Jews, he says, So, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but your fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. He's saying, look, you're now part of the big picture. There's no more Greek and Jew and and slave and free and all these things. You're now one. The big picture is God has made you connected and unified in this new body of Christ. And so the practical application for us is that we're not going to draw hard, hard lines and say these are the people we're not willing to work with. If if someone's proclaiming the gospel, if churches in our area are doing kingdom work, we're going to link arms with them and we're going to do it together with them. This comes straight out of the Gospels in Mark chapter 9. Look at what happens. John, one of the disciples, comes to Jesus and he says this, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name 
And we tried to stop them because he was not following us. And Jesus said, don't stop him because no one does a mighty work in my name will soon, able, uh, soon afterward be able to speak evil of me for the one who is not against us is for us. Now the key here is John is saying, they were doing it in your name, Jesus, but they weren't with us. Jesus says, that's okay. So if they're doing it at Life Church, if they're doing it at, uh, at um, Crossroads Impact Church or at The Grove or at First Baptist Winter Garden or Windermere or, or whatever it is, if other churches who proclaim the gospel are doing great works, we're not in competition. We're going to applaud that and we're going to join with them in the work so more people can know Jesus. This comes straight out of the pages of Scripture. Here's a third commitment we're going to make. We'll be a church that pursues God and each other. Here again is Ephesians 2.21. It says, The whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. There are two things that must be true for a building to be built or a house to be built and to be made secure. First, it's got to be made up of the right materials, right? Cotton and styrofoam are not the right materials for building a house. This is a, uh, I'm going to, oh shoot, I just lost the piece. Um, I, this is a, something we got when we were in St. Louis as a family, um, and my son was eager to, I think it was my son, eager to buy this. We're big Cardinals fans, um, for no reason, but that's just the thing, and uh, I'm like, I've never lived there. There's a reason, but I've never lived there. Um, my son saw this, he said, I want to get this, and so we bought this, what I thought was a Lego set, and I was so excited to build this with my son. This is the, the, the logo or emblem of, of the St. Louis Cardinals. But here's the problem. When we opened up the box and got out the pieces, I'm going to show you one of the bigger pieces in the set. This is an imitation Lego set that is not made by Lego, and you're, you literally can't do it. Like, like, it's crazy. Like, this would choke a mosquito in Florida, right? Like, this is... And, and so we just had to set it aside. I'm like, I, I spent 20 or 30, I'm like doing, I felt like Zoolander, like trying to, you know, just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. The pieces were wrong. They, they were not of the right substance. And so uh, no matter how hard we tried to pull it together, we just simply couldn't do it. Your individual life is part of the material that, that Jesus is using to build this church. And so it's important that you examine what that material is. In other words, what are your thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions doing to, 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 to help you become the kind of person that can help us become the kind of church that we strive to be? Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will be manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he or she will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned up, they will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Now, I love the way that this passage graciously ends up. This is not, this is not like hellfire and brimstone. Uh-oh, have I done enough for Jesus? It's like, no, 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 you're saved. That's, that's a gift. That's grace. That's by grace through faith. That's not what we're talking about. But the writer says, but I think you want more than to just be saved. I think you want to get to heaven and go, man, we did something. We accomplished something. 
God, we not only prayed your kingdom come, your will be done, but, but we saw it happening, not perfectly, but we, we worked together to make it happen. And so Paul says it's important what kind of materials you use. The better you are individually, and I mean by that more healthy, more whole, more surrendered to Jesus, the better we become as a church. This is how Dr. Martin Luther King said it, whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. And you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. And I would just amend that by saying, within the church. I don't know if that's true everywhere, but I know that in the church, it's true. Paul said, we're a body. And one part fails to work, it's going to affect other parts. If one part suffers, it's going to hurt other parts. We can't escape this reality that we are woven together and what one does affects all of us, for better or for worse. Secondly, not only must we be building with the right materials, but we must be joined together. Now, we talk a lot about unity, and I think that's implied in the idea, but let me just make this way more practical. We've got to be together, right? Like we've actually got to come together as a church on Sunday mornings in small groups, in teams of volunteers. Like nothing happens if we're all standing in our own corners not working together. To, To take the metaphor even further, these are actual Lego bricks and you can see how much better they are and bigger they are than the ones I showed you earlier. But you could have the best Lego pieces in the world as long as they're scattered on the table, you haven't built anything. Do you get, do you get the point here? So, so you could go in your closet and pray till you're blue in the face. You could memorize the entire Bible. You could be the mo- most righteous and holy person in the world. If we never see you, we don't get to benefit from what God is doing in you. The church suffers, right? And so it's this thing of are we building with the right materials by, by individually pursuing God But then are we also pursuing each other and being joined together in ways that build up the church? Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the writer of Hebrews connects the encouragement of the believers or the building up of the church to just getting together, just being present together. And this happens for me every Sunday. I know it happens for many of you as well. When I see your faces, when I give you a high five or a hug, when I I hear our volunteers talking in the huddle, when when little Leo runs up and says, Pastor Chris, and throws his arms around me, the church is being built up. We need your presence, and we long to see each other on an in-and-out basis. So coming soon, we're going to give you opportunities to to press further into the life of Horizon West Church, volunteer initiatives and small groups that are launching in the month of February. And I just want you to start thinking about this question as we prepare to do that. Would you build with us by just committing to be a part, not only an attender, but a part of what God is doing here at Horizon West Church as we pursue him and pursue each other? And then fourth and final commitment, final piece of the blueprint for building a spiritual house is this. We will be a church that embraces the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want you to imagine a scenario in which you are house-sitting for someone else. And this family has been gone for maybe weeks or months, and so you've been living in the home, but now it's the day that they're going to return to their house. 
And, and in that scenario, you would have this really interesting situation, this, this odd circumstance where you would be welcoming someone home to their house. When we gather for church on Sunday and we sing songs like, Holy Spirit, you are welcoming here, all we're doing is welcoming God into his own home. The church is his. We are the spiritual house in which God dwells. And so it's an issue of stewardship. God, are we doing the things that you long to do? Are are we pursuing the initiatives that you would do if you were in our place? Are we listening and responding to the leading of the Holy Spirit as he directs us? The last verse that we read in Ephesians 2 says, In Jesus you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now someone's going to ask, wait a second, I thought that every individual believer was the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Like we heard that in 1 Corinthians 6, and to that I would say absolutely yes, that is true. It's called the priesthood of believers. It's actually a core tenet of Baptist theology, that when you come to faith in Jesus, and I'll give you a couple verses, we're not going to take the time to look at them, but Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and John 7 verse 39, so Ephesians 1 13, John 7 39, clearly teach That at the point of salvation, at the point a person gives their life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to reside within them, which is awesome. But there is an experiencing of the Holy Spirit, I believe, that can only happen or occur in the context of the gathered church. Remember that it was Jesus who said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'm with you, or among you, and in your midst. Now, is Jesus saying that when you pray in your prayer closet in the morning, like he's like, no, 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 you don't have enough people here. I need a crowd. No, no, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying that while the Holy Spirit does in fact reside within every individual believer, he is among us in a unique way when we gather as a church family, when we worship together and our voices lift together. When we have fellowship and encourage and pray with each other, there's something that that God does through the Holy Spirit that is unique among the gathered believers. And so this should be the ultimate goal of every church because when the Spirit of God fully and freely inhabits it and resides among us, anything and everything then become possible. So many of us have misunderstood Paul's words in Philippians 4.13 when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul was not saying that he could like fly or or walk on the moon suddenly. What Paul is saying is that through Christ or through the power of, of the spirit of Jesus in us, all of the things that God desires to do in the world become possible as we hear and respond to the Holy Spirit. We can do so much more, he says, than we think, ask, or imagine according to his power, the power of the Holy Spirit, which is at work within us. And so I want to cast some vision for where I believe God might want to take Horizon West Church. And I would say like Paul, I see through a glass dimly. He may have a different or bigger idea than this, but here's some of the things that I think God might be doing among us in the next three to five years. I have a suspicion that within the next three to five years, we will be holding weekend worship services on our own permanent physical campus. In the next three to five years, I anticipate and pray that we'll be averaging more than a thousand weekend attenders and still seeing at least 60% both involved in volunteer teams and participating in small groups. In other words, we'll be going deeper and wider at the same time. 
I long to have a ministry budget within the next three to five years that is generous enough and be financially free enough that we could designate at least 10% of our church budget to overseas and local missions where we just get rid of it. We just put it into the hands of families like the Karshimas or the Hutchings and they just go and they take the gospel to new places or they plant new churches or they start new campuses in, in Hunter's Creek or Kissimmee or wherever it might be. In three to five years, I have a suspicion that we'll have identified a new campus or church plant that we ourselves as a church would be launching a new campus pastor or church planter into and that many of us might be part of that launch team as we extend the mission and ministry of First Orlando and Horizon West Church to new territory right here in Central Florida. And also that we would be supporting at least three new individuals, couples, or families who are themselves serving as vocational missionaries overseas or in another part of the country. These are just a few of the things that become possible as we live ready to embrace the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us. If this feels exciting to you as it does to me, I want to ask you again this question, would you build with us? If you have a desire to see more children fostered and adopted and put into forever families, if you have a desire to see more people saved and baptized, if you have a desire to see the the purity of the gospel retained and taken to new places, would you build along with us in the days and the years to come? Let me bring this all back to where we started. The first commitment that we're going to make, the most important one, is to be a church that submits to the authority of Christ. But I want to take it one step further. It's one thing for us to say as a church, we're going to stay true to the gospel, we're going to submit to the authority of Christ, but I want to ask you a more personal question. Is your life submitted to the authority of Christ in every area? We're coming into a new year, and at this time of the year, many of us are thinking about the things we want to fix or change or do better, and so weight loss goals and financial goals, and those are all very important. But what if you flipped the lens around and went, God, is there anything in my life that's not yet submitted to you? Maybe it is in the area of finances. Maybe it's in sexual purity. Maybe it's a a person that you haven't yet forgiven. Because again, what you hold out on, what you refuse to surrender, it affects us all as a church. And I believe God's dream for you is bigger than to go through one more year in bondage living as the king of your own empire or the queen of your own kingdom. And so what in your life today needs to be surrendered to Jesus? I want to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and and just kind of as an exercise with me, with your eyes closed, would you clench your fists really tightly like a boxer would? Just kind of clench those fists tight. And I want you to think about one or two or maybe it's more three or four areas where you go, God, I know I haven't yet surrendered this. My, My job, my my family, my, the things I'm looking at or thinking about, the, the words that I'm using, I know they need to come under your gracious authority. And then would you graciously and gradually just kind of unclench your fists if, if you're ready to receive, uh, to, to rather to lay that at the feet of Jesus. Would you just unclench? And as you do that, in your own heart and mind, just say, Jesus, I surrender all. I give you everything. Take your place again. Be my leader, my guide, my authority. I lay it down. And God, as we do this, my prayer is that this would be true for each of us in our hearts. God, that we would 
not have any closets of the house that we refuse to open the door of to you. We wouldn't have any areas of our life that we refuse yet to surrender to you. God, you're a God of freedom. You're a God of life. You're a God of peace. And God, as we open our hands to let go of the things that hold us, God, would you then fill us with more of you? We receive you. We welcome you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.